Welcome to the 2021 Biz Community Series, celebrating diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry. Made possible by the ACA, Association for Communications and Advertising. I'm your host, Rotendo Nyamuda, and today I'm honored to be speaking to content agency T&W, producers of the documentary series Chasing the Sun and clients Supersport, discussing the five-part series, which has not only enjoyed critical and popular acclaim, but is also a textbook case for celebrating diversity and inclusivity. Lending their voices to the fourth in our series are Chris Green, producer at T&W, and Itumeleng Sene, head of marketing at Supersport. Thank you both so much for, for taking the time for today's interview. I am so excited to be speaking to you about this because I really enjoyed the series. I think for most South Africans, this was emotional. This was them. This was, you know, it was it's more than just a, a beautiful documentary for a for the for the Springboks, but for us as a country as a whole. So thank you so much for making the time for today's interview. So first of all, a massive, massive congratulations to you both and to your teams on this incredible piece of work. Um, but, you know, if we look back, obviously, when the camera crew set off to follow the Springboks to Japan for the World Cup in 2019, no one actually knew <laughs> that they would win. We had hoped, but we didn't actually know. So can you share some of the timeline of the story, who instigated it, and why you decided to create it? So I think Coach Rossi would be um, very keen to disagree with you there, uh, Retendo. I think he already knew in his mind that he's going for this and he's going to, to win it. Um, because the planning actually started way ahead of 2019, um, starting with the commitment and a shared vision between Supersport and SA Rugby to see where we could take the Springboks um, in the build-up to the Rugby World Cup. You'll remember that a year or 18 months prior that, <laughs> the box were nowhere in terms of performance. Everybody had written them off. So the vision really started way before we, we as, a, as the country even had faith in them, that this would work. But that combined also with the leadership at Supersport that recognized that longer form and content um, really does well to supplement and complement the live 90 or 80 minutes that uh, all of us watch on screen. So it's, it's a nice recipe of leadership, of clear shared uh, goals, um, of proper planning way up front and committing resources and the passion to see you through. Thank you so much for that. And Chris, anything to add in uh, to what Itu has just shared with us? No, I think I'd agree with that. I, I think credit is, it takes a great vision to see something before it happens. And, you know, we really just helped shape that vision. So I think there was huge, huge kudos to, to get the cameras in, to, to start on it before it became a reality for all of us. Mm. Um, and I think that was all super sport. And so if we look at the promotional blurb for the series, uh, it reads from a country defined by its differences and a sport defined by its past, one team chose to believe in something more. And so, Chris, Chris, I believe that you were involved with some of the pre-World Cup South Africa rugby marketing campaign, which led to the complete turnaround. Um, and we had that hashtag, Stronger Together, beautiful brand positioning. Uh, can you share some of the behind of the backstory behind that? 
Well, well TNW was involved with that um, as, a, as, a, as, as the agency, as a creative agency. And, and I, I think it has probably got more to say about it than me. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think it's also a question for her because she would have been involved in that campaign. I think I, you know, I, I think it was just a, it was it was a case of agency and 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 brand supersport working closely together mm-hmm. to define the DNA of of the Springboks. Yeah. Um, but that's all I can really say. I really think that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it goes a little bit earlier than that. Um, in, in the Springboks themselves, defining how they want to position themselves and how they want to be known to the world and to their country. And I remember the one time um, attending a briefing session where Coach Rassi was um, talking to uh, a, a group of players that were based in Johannesburg and taking them on a journey of what being a Springbok means and what going into the World Cup will mean not only for themselves, you'll hear this a lot, or for their uh, community, but for their country. So it, it's, it's again um, indicative of a very great partnership between Supersport and SA Rugby in communicating and committing to a shared identity and an, a shared vision to bring the story to life and to support the Springboks. In, in the creating of this documentary, this incredible documentary, there were obviously a number of events uh, that had to come together or moments that had to come together, uh, footage that had to come together in the midst of an intense lockdown with restrictions. So can you talk to us about some of the challenges uh, that you encountered during this crazy timeline, crazy period of recording, editing, putting this together during that time? I mean, I think from our side, uh, we, we, we did face challenges and anyone who is in production will, will recognize them. Uh, the usual COVID restrictions, um, the, the sort of, uh, I suppose, the kind of house of cards that production sits on every time you go out to film. Uh, it's, 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 it's a very difficult thing to manage and it, 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 it certainly saps a lot. Um, but I think we had a resilient team and we were able to get around most of that. I think um, I think we were. I actually think we were very lucky because we have in 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 with the lockdown we had access to all of the players. All of the players were, were locked, or, or most of them were locked down in South Africa, and that is, is is an anomaly in sport. It's it's very rare that you will find a, 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 a group of players, or a, to the extent that we had access to. So you know we we we. We cursed our luck in, in having to film during the, the pandemic, but we 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 really found that we we had access to the players, and furthermore, we these players had sat for six months to reflect on what had happened to them, on this incredible experience they'd gone through, and and so we found that the responses were, I believe, the responses that we got and the story that was told by those players um, and the team members and the and the coaching staff was so much deeper because they'd all had time to think about it and they weren't traveling all over the world. So we actually really, in a, in a way, I think at the end of the day, um, as strange as it sounds, benefited a lot from, from the pandemic um, in that way, in the story. And obviously there's no positives that come out of something like this, but, but it, I suppose we call it a silver lining. We were able to get access and time with, with a lot of these players and the coaching staff who, who had very sort of deep 
could could reflect had time to reflect very deeply on what, on the on the, the experience they had. And Etu, from your side, from the client side, Supersport, as you know, Chris mentioned, on the one side, um, on the one hand, rather, you have all the players, you know, in one space. Obviously, something that doesn't happen often to get everyone together, being able to tell the story. From your perspective, were there challenges that you had faced uh, from your side? I think, I think it's a it's a rare occurrence where everybody shares the same stories around the challenges that COVID has has brought to all of us. So it's it's really nothing uh, specific on our end. Um, we've all been through this journey of restrictions, of lockdowns, of having to isolate because you've come into contact. And I think these are the same uh, challenges that would have faced um, uh, the agency in trying to produce this. Um, what we needed to do on our end is to make sure that we we uh, give the necessary support, that we are flexible to the times um, so that the agency could produce the best work and I think the results of the show are just testament to that. Absolutely and you know looking at the series that was commissioned by Supersport it's definitely allowed South African storytelling excellence to be seen on a global stage and this story is that international sporting story that you can latch onto and resonate Mm -hmm. with. And I do feel that the more stories we showcase at this level and the more we have the opportunities to create these incredible opportunities, um, we also need to be able to provide more seats at the table within the industry, um, within being able to see a diversity of people coming to the table, creating this kind of content. Where are the changes happening in your opinion and what more needs to happen from your perspective, Itu? I guess this is another silver lining, if such exists, of the times that we live in in this pandemic, that um, finally longer format content has come to the fore. Um, You probably have seen um, The Last Dance. You probably have seen um, the Formula One uh, Drive to Survive. And, And I think that all those have created the appetite for longer format sporting content for consumers. And um, what needs to change or what everyone in the industry and beyond needs to recognize is none of these stories can be brought to life without access. It's all about access, access to to the teams, access to the individuals um, involved in, in bringing the teams up. It's all about access because this is what, as, as sports consumers, what we see is what is on the field. And we never get access to the behind the scenes, the thinking behind some of the decisions. You'll remember uh, during the the 2019 Rugby World Cup that there was a a whole lot of noise around the bomb squad and and how it was not a good thing. But when you watch Chasing the Sun, you then realize that the bomb squad is, 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 is not is not meant to be uh, exclusive to, to the rest of the team, but it's a certain type of team within a team. And, and they quite enjoy being the bomb squad. Uh, and, and therefore, these storytelling opportunities give us insights into um, things like the bomb squad, which previously we hadn't access to. So it's really um, joint cooperation between 
the rights holders, um, the content creators, the platform or the distributors, all of them coming together then make that recipe for great storytelling. And Chris, from your perspective, I mean, it is mentioned things like access, bringing the right parties and the right people together. In your opinion, where are the changes in the industry happening and what do you feel needs to happen as well? I think um, I think it is 100% right. Access is very important in this kind of, of storytelling, as is the sort of shared uh, vision between different entities. That's really important. I think on a on a on a uh, industry wide basis, and this is something that you know Supersport has blown us away with, is is their 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 willingness to 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 get behind uh, filmmakers. Um, one of the biggest problems is development. Um, and finding funding for for developing projects, it's it's a it's an arduous task, and it takes it can sometimes take take years. And uh, someone like Supersport stepping into that space and saying we're looking to to deepen our narratives around sports storytelling really enables uh, filmmakers to to put put resources behind development. And when you put resources behind development, uh, you, you your product is stronger. And I think that's something that's been lacking. You know, we all know that South Africa has got immense technical skills. Um, we've got immense sort of logistical skills. And, 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 and I think one area that's always been perhaps lacking in production is, 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 is funding going into development and, and finding stories and making sure that we are approaching them in the right way. And, and I, I think access is bundled up in that. Um, so, I, you know, from my, my perspective, it's, it's would love to see even more development going into different aspects of, of filmmaking um, because that just allows your end product to be so much better. I'm certainly one of those people who love watching sports documentaries and love watching st- sports movies. And it's all of those moments of the action and the stories and, and people telling their own stories that makes it really personable and emotional. And even just looking at this documentary, there's no doubt that the editing, the continuity, the stories, everything beautifully came together to create these tense moments. And then we've got the interviews, the honest interviews from from, uh, the players, coaches' perspectives. And it allowed us a window into these conversations or into the minds of these sports players that we haven't really seen before. And I personally think this is the epitome of inclusivity, of creativity, and what we should be producing more of as well. Uh, Can you comment on how this was approached? Why did you approach it in a way that you did? You could have just had the players and, you know, a voiceover, for example, but there was something very unique about the approach in how this was created. Uh, Chris, would you like to come in first? Um, I think... I think it was really important uh, up front to 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 include voices. Uh, we we knew this was a story about inclusive, inclusivity, and um, and we you know the way that manifested in the shows was was people for example was speak, people speaking in their own languages. So we we went to extra lengths to try and get a an Isiklasa speaker to to speak to an Isiklasa speaking player, for example, or Afrikaans to an Afrikaans person and and I think that that really helped um, and that that extended right from pre-production from research through to the production of the show through to post-production as well we needed we needed diversity on our team to tell a diverse story 
So, uh, you know, that, that's something we took very, very seriously right from the word go. And, um, yeah, and, and I think, you know, that, 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 that really helped us reach out to the players and, 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 and for them to understand what, how important the story was. Mm. I, so I think that's one example, yeah. Mm. And, I, and I actually like both of you to take me back to possibly the first moment when you watched the first episode, all of this hard work that had gone into creating this documentary, I'm sure lots of stressful nights and mornings and, you know, team meetings on team meetings, and finally you get to see it aired. Um, I, I want to know what was going through your minds and how did you feel? Itu, I'll start with you. It, it was probably one of my um, most precious moments in, in my career, um, it was it was a sense of relief, but also of great, yeah, finally. Um, so we we had some a couple of people had already seen that first episode, and we already had a feel for what the reaction would be. Um, and then the next thing was just to see how the audience then received it. And as the first ten minutes went by, and you looked at um, on Twitter and Facebook. Everybody seemed to have been so enthralled by it, wanting more. Um, it, it was quite exciting and, and a very proud moment, uh, I'm sure, for everybody that was involved. And Chris, what was going through your mind? I mean, obviously, there's that anticipation and, you know, you're trying to figure out how it's going to land with audiences and with the players and those who are featured. Uh, and then it actually happens. What was going through your mind and how did you feel? Well, um, I just remember being exhausted. <laughs> um, but, but aside from that, I think I was quite gobsmacked by, the, by the, the reaction because I've been involved in some big shows, you know, some big high-profile shows in the past. And, you know, I, for a week or two, I've been telling the team, guys, you know, if this, this, the show does well, it, there's going to be negative and positive reactions. So just prepare yourself for the, the negative. <laughs> And it never came, <laughs> um, which is which is really quite amazing and also very um, peculiar to me. Um, but I, I guess it's just a, the, the, what the story is and what it means to South Africans. I think you can't take that away from us, you know. And and yeah. um, I we were we were super excited to present it to the world. You know, we were. I just remember tingling, um, yeah. and 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 being able to recite every line. I think I've watched episode one 39 times now, possibly 39 <laughs> or 38. <laughs> so I know it quite well. Wow. And, and, and I think it, it was, it, it, the importance of it was the fact that we were expecting it to cut across uh, the demographics. Mm -hmm. it, it was our intention that you do not need to be a hardcore um, rugby fan or a rugby fan at all but that you would be able to relate to the players and relate to the story. And I think that happened um, very well and it was incredible to witness. And I think it did a very great story, uh, uh, um, a very great um, uh, a story to, to tell about rugby and grew the sport um, and, and has endeared the team to not just be the Springboks for rugby, but Springboks the team for, for the country. And I, I think Chasing the Sun was a very good catalyst for that. And Itu, as you say that, you know, it's Springboks 
uh, not just for you know rugby fans it's for the country it's for the continent and that overall story of hope for the world really and for individuals and one of the beautiful themes in this ACA series is celebrating diversity and inclusivity and that story so elegantly is showcased um, in this documentary as well. We're seeing diverse origins of people from, you know, not just South Africans. We've got the incredible voice of the pregame praise singer calling everyone from across the land. And these are beautiful metaphors of, of again, hope, but also bringing people together and finding that almost commonality and common sense of, you know, we are one, that sense of Ubuntu as well. Um, do you feel that there are metaphors here within the story, within the documentary for uh, South African business leadership uh, as a whole and mentorship in the greater sense? It is your thought. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I do agree. Um, in fact, when, well, when I was thinking about it, what came to mind was um, that um, video by Chimamanda, um, uh, what what is it? Uh, the danger of a single story, and it goes to show that our lives, our cultures, are all overlapping stories, and therefore you cannot have just one single lane of 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 narrative. So I, I think it's a it's a great metaphor to say that the more diverse and inclusive you are as a business, <clears throat> even as an individual, it it creates a path for you where in your decision-making, in your approach to things, you take into account a whole lot of other people, a whole lot of other um, ideas, and that can only enrich um, your decision-making pro process and can only enrich um, you as, a, as an individual or even as a business. Um, I think there's evidence out there that goes to show that the more diverse and inclusive businesses tend to do better bottom line. Um, because it gives you that wider reach and, and a wider common purpose. Mm. And Chris, this year has no doubt been a significant and massive year for South African storytelling. We had My Octopus Teacher winning an Oscar. We have Chasing the Sun winning a Grand Prix at the Lurries. And we've got some phenomenal stories and phenomenal storytellers uh, in this country. And so I want to find out from, for you, from you, uh, is there a renowned sense of belief in South African content making? How do you feel about it now? How do you feel and or rather, where do you feel it's going? I, um, I think when, when I first started going to content markets sort of 10, 10 years ago, you know, you tell people you were from South Africa and that after a while, the, con the, the conversation would end up being, uh, well, you'd realize that, you know, you, you have an export product and, and the, often the, the, the choice, if you were to go and sell content internationally was you're either making wildlife or you're making a story about Nelson Mandela, because that's the only reason the world is, was interested in South Africa. And, and I think that's diversified immensely. I mean, you mentioned octopus teacher, which is obviously wildlife, um, but, you know, I think what has been really amazing to me is to see the potential in something like sport. I think South Africans are sports mad. Um, we've got great sportsmen. And, and as a result, that is something we can, we can export. Um, and that's what really makes me excited about, about the future and about super sports involvement in content. 
is because it is a it is something that we can provide to the world. Mm-hmm. Our stories are also unique. Uh, the challenges our, our players face, or our or our or our, our characters face, um, are are unique. Uh, and and I think that that echoes no matter where you go in the world. Human mm-hmm. stories um, and and the struggle against adversity is, is something universal. So I, I really do think that that is something that is that is that is growing. That 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 and it gives us an opportunity to sell ourselves to to a, to a, a larger audience internationally. Most certainly, and I guess to add on to that is the beauty of documentary storytelling or the format allows for more hours of viewership. So beyond the 80 or 90 minute game, we get a different side, a different perspective. We get voices involved as well. Are there any other plans to roll out this model for other sports genres or sectors um, and creating more of this beautiful, unique kind of content, uh, Itu? Of course, of course, the appetite is there. um, so in in the next coming weeks, we'll be looking to um, announce a couple more of documentaries. Um, we're looking at about four or five um, that will include rugby. Yes, um, Coach Rossi tweeted about it on uh, on Sunday that we should be expecting something from him, and he's got the time to do it. So we're very happy about that. Um, but then we'll be also be looking at um, something around football and individual um, characters or uh, athletes. Um, but as Supersport, because we are pan-African, we're not only looking for stories in South Africa, but we, we are looking to spread our wings and tell those incredible East African athletic stories, um, more football from the West Africa. Um, and, and looking at telling stories of, of individuals. Sometimes it will be commissioned pieces of work, but at other times it's securing rights um, for, for existing content. So it will be a mix until we get to a nice rhythm. Um, some of the challenge, of, of course, includes um, access and funding, as, as Chris mentioned earlier. But all those are things that we're willing to work on to ensure that we've got compelling content for our subscribers. And we are certainly looking forward to the compelling content. <laughs> it is absolutely, absolutely amazing. I want to find out, Chris, what is your dream project? What is the one project that you absolutely want to work on? Uh, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> um, uh, we're working on a project right now that is a, that is a dream project. Um, I can honestly say Chasing the Sun was the dream project. Uh, getting involved with Chasing the Sun was the shortest decision I've ever had to make when when offered to me. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we are working the dream project. Um, as as Itu says, watch the space. Um, it's incredibly exciting. Um, but I, I think to, to maybe to answer your question more satisfyingly, uh, to to I'm I'm really interested in, and our team is really interested in pushing sports narrative as a as a as a, as a genre, we think it's got incredible potential for storytelling, incredible potential for marketing and branding, um, and it allows a, a new dimension to 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 sports storytelling that, that that hasn't hasn't been there for the last for 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 quite some time. So yeah, I suppose I can say the, the honest answer is is living the dream and, and looking forward to the next one. 
Oh, I also have a dream project. So what is um, your dream project? <laughs> like telling the stories of the um, female athletes from East Africa. We see so much um, dead time dedicated to, to the guys. Um, if I had all the money in the world, that's where that's where I'd like to to venture into, and and bringing in stories from West Africa. I think there's a it's it's football, yes, it's football mainly. But for us, there's imagine telling the stories of the Super Eagles at the Olympics '94. Like it's 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 something that would be so exciting. So if if I could, you know, dream and put it out there, those would be my two. And you both mentioned, you know, dream projects right now. What do you think it is about these stories that make it so personal for someone who doesn't even play sport or uh, someone who doesn't know the players, but they're watching these stories and they're able to connect? What do you think is that special, um, almost mark or special moment or the ability to connect? Uh, what What is that? What is that essence, uh, Chris? I think sport is about pursuing your dreams and I think everyone has that aspiration. I think uh, you can substitute uh, achievements on a sports field for just about anything. I think it's a, it's, it's a great metaphor for, for human beings and what they're, what they're here for and what they're striving to do. And I think that's, that's why we back characters in a, in, in a documentary series or a movie or whatever content it is because we, we sympathize with them wanting to go out and achieve their dreams. Mm. And it's you I think also we are all human, right? It's connecting on that human level. Um, we probably share the same core um, challenges. Uh, they, as athletes, probably they have more challenges because now you have to put your life on hold so that you are training at the right time, so that you your 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 nutrition is, is there's no time for pop and place and all of that, you know. But but at the core of it, we all connect with the obstacles that one has to um, overcome in. At, uh, achieving that goal that that they would probably have, so I think that's where the connection is. It's it's much much bigger than the 80, 90 minutes or the two hour um, plus for for your marathon. It's 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 much more than that, and that's what makes telling human stories such a compelling um, uh, such a compelling um, what you call it. Uh, for, for everyone, it is compelling for everyone. Mm, most definitely. And, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm looking back to kind of the end of the movie, and this kind of beautifully summarizes both of what you've said in terms of being able to connect and those stories of hope and being human and those themes that pop up, uh, the caption at the end of the movie reads, chasing the sun is dedicated to those who chose hope. And apart from sealing the reputation of Sia and Rasi and the nation itself, the story of Mapimpi is also one of those stories that you cannot listen to or read about without feeling um, overwhelmed with emotion. Um, I remember also just like tearing up um, because there is so much hope and, and the story of fighting for something that's bigger than you. 
And then also when Mark Alexander, uh, Alexander, the president of South African rugby, says you don't write off a South African, we're almost left with all of these valuable nuggets of hope and belief. Um, and so is there anything that you want to add? You know, what are you hoping for? Um, you know, not just with, you know, this beautiful documentary that has been created, but, you know, as you continue to produce and create these stories of hope through sport, um, what are you hoping that people will take away? Well, I, 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 know, from, I know from some of the stories, um, Chris mentioned earlier that there were no negative comments. There was one negative comment. It's too short. <laughs> so you only have a limited time to tell these stories, but there were very rich stories. Um, I remember uh, watching some of the interviews with some of the players, even from um, people that you wouldn't ordinarily associate with such a story. There's a player that every time plays for, for their mom. That's just their thing. He plays for his mom. There's a player that was rejected um, never thought of much and, and he's grown in his game and he's now a springbok, irrespective of what everyone was saying. And then there are some um, more legendary stories. There's a player whose grandfather was a springbok, his dad was a springbok, now he's a springbok. So there's lots of stories to tell and hope comes from, from um, different spheres, whether you are historically a springbok or you're overcoming um, being bullied, or because you have a special relationship with somebody, hopes come, comes from, from different spheres. And we hope that each story, a Mapimpi story or a Sia story, then gets to motivate everyone that was watching um, so that they can have hope in their lives. I think, and I hope this came across in the documentary, what we, what we really wanted to do was to show that, that diversity isn't necessarily easier. It's, it's, it's tough, but it's better. And I hope that's what people take from, from, from us. We, we are, and that's really what, for me, what Stronger Together really meant was it's not going to be easier, but it's going to be better. And, and, and I think that's where the, the kind of nugget of hopes it's for me in, in, in Chasing the Sun is that we're a resilient people and, and when the going gets tough, you know, we, we, we meet the challenge. And, um, and I think that's what, that's what really makes me hopeful about South Africa and about SA rugby and all sorts of things in our country is 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 that we we we're not we're not scared of a challenge. Thank you to our amazing guests and thank you all so much for joining us for this community's industry-wide initiative celebrating these important conversations around diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry made possible by the generous support of the ACA, Association for Communication and Advertising.